Hello and welcome to this Endo Life podcast. I'm Jessica Duffin and this is the extension of my blog, thisendolife.com. And on this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing women and maybe a few men, we'll see, who are battling chronic illnesses or mental health issues through their own inspiring, unique ways or are changing the lives of women through their awesome work. Today's guest and my first guest is Jessica Manan. Um, Jessica Manan is the author of the new cookbook, One Part Plant. Um, she is also the creator of the One Part Plant movement, which is encouraging people uh, and supporting people to eat one plant-based meal a day. And she is also the host of the podcast, One Part Podcast, which I absolutely love. I actually uh, came across Jess about a year a year ago, maybe, um, when I was in a really dark place, like mentally, um, with depression and anxiety and um, just really struggling with my endo. Um, and I came across her podcast and it was just so uplifting and so inspiring. It just kind of brought um, enthusiasm back into my day and I used to listen to it on the way to work. Um, well, used to, I still do. Um, and it would really help me get into work when I was really struggling to do that. Um, and then I found out that Jess had endometriosis and I had no idea and I looked into her story. Jess uh, manages her endometriosis through her diet and she was so impressed by the benefits that she wanted to help others feel healthier through a plant-based diet. So that's now what she does with One Part Plant. Um, we talk about her new cookbook, we talk about endometriosis of course um, and how she lives and manages that. Um, and we also go into some more serious subjects, but subjects that are really interesting and important, like, you know, um, how to support harder to reach communities with endometriosis and that kind of thing. Um, just to let you know, I am working on the quality and the sound quality. So there are a few little things like some scratching noises, um, and you might notice them, you might not, um. But I just wanted to let you know that I am aware of it and I am working on it. Um, and they should be gone in a couple of episodes time. Um, so sorry about that, guys. Uh, also, I got a bit comfortable talking to Jess and said the name of two charities that I worked for. And um, out of respect, I've decided to remove them. So I've done that. And I could have covered that silence up with like bird sounds or like maybe a cat. Um, I don't know. But I decided to just leave it blank um so it's not your headphones going weird it's just my editing skills so yeah here's Jess I hope you enjoy well I I'm feeling good about the book you know it's interesting because I I don't know I don't know how to say this I feel like I'm in this mode right now where I don't know if you've ever felt this way but when I go to book events mm. and I get emails from people and or friends and me text messages be like, I'm so proud. For some reason, I haven't been feeling that much. Mm. Like I've I've been I think I think in a way I'm protecting myself because if I were to feel all the things I'm feeling right now, it would be it would be too much. Yeah. But when a woman comes up to me that has endo, mm. 
I like totally lose my shit then. <laughs> like if, she, if a woman comes up to me and says, you know, I read your book and I don't feel alone now, or I read your book and I've made some small changes and I've noticed that some of my symptoms are being managed now. That's when I feel everything. And it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I don't think this is a book for women that just have endometriosis, mm. but the way that I've been responding to the people that come up to me that have it, I'm like, oh, wow. This book is is really truly I think for women that have endo. Yeah. Uh and it's it's the whole reason why I was even able to write the book is because I have endo. Yeah. I mean, I was actually going to ask you this later on, but as we're on the subject now, um was there a reason why it's not like I mean it isn't an endo specific book. I mean, I guess it can be interpreted that way if you have endometriosis and you understand the diet, but it's not, you know, it's not like one part plant for endometriosis. Was there a reason behind that? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that I think whether or not you have endometriosis or not, I think that a plant-based diet can help you mm. in some way, whether that's, I mean, it maybe it's having more energy. Maybe it's, you know, my sister in particular has, has really seen huge improvements in her, her arthritis. And so I don't know, there, there was a part of me that didn't want it, make it just for people with endo. And, and I also think that to be totally real, there's a part of me that I don't like this, this could help maybe someone with endo. There's mm-hmm. no cure for endometriosis, as you yeah, know. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily going to be able to help everyone. And I and I think that it's a little bit scary for me to say, this book is for your endometriosis and it's going to make you feel better because every single body is different. Yeah. And I think that, you know, sharing you know, raising awareness of endometriosis through this book and sharing the things that helped me than it is, you know, for women with endo. But I think it's a little bit scary to to put, you know, a blanket statement, black and white, like this is the book for endo because I don't know what your endo is exactly. Mm, yeah. I was wondering, um, obviously I'd like to talk more about the response to the book in general but um because you know all of our bodies are different and because endometriosis is a tricky topic with the fact that there's no cure um and also this type of eating has got the spotlight on it at the moment in in some ways in a negative sense because of the clean eating debate now I don't know if that's happening where you are it's not happening here, but I have, um, because I look at the internet a lot in terms of like what is, is happening in, in the food world, I definitely know what's going on with you guys, but yeah, it, there hasn't been that backlash here yet. Right. So in terms of your, like what you're doing in your book and just your choice in terms of how you eat to support your body, the mm. response has been still positive around that? Yeah. I mean, and, and I will have to say that, I mean, well, I don't have Google alert, so maybe people are talking shit about me and I I don't know, (laughs) 
But um, but I will say that all of the press that I have received in the UK and also Australia have said, hey, I know that you're tired of this clean eating thing or don't think that this this woman is another clean eating person. It's described me as someone that is a little bit more flexible mm. and a little bit more honest. I'm not saying that those people aren't honest, but it's how they're perceived Yeah, and is, is a little bit less judgmental of your choices. And I just want you to start with one meal a day. And so I have received positive feedback in terms of what's going on with you guys only because I don't say that, you know, cacao nibs are the answer to life or like if you know if you eat zucchini noodles well you guys what do you you don't call them zucchini um, noodles what do you, courgette yes yeah um if, if you eat these then you know you're all of a sudden you're gonna meet the man of your dreams like I'm yeah. I think I'm a little bit more real about things and so I don't think I've been lumped in to that clean eating world. But I will say that I think with the clean eating backlash, interested to, to hear what you think. I do think it's also the viewer's responsibility to, to also sort of take it with a grain of salt and, mm. and see, okay, so we're just seeing a little picture or a little glimpse of their life because when I look at things, I mean, I can be fooled too sometimes and think like, oh my gosh, they have the most perfect life ever. But mm. I need to step back a little bit and also realize that I'm only seeing a small portion of their life. Yeah. Like, do yeah. they eat eats on the weekends? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's a really sensitive subject here at the moment. Um, but I, I wrote a piece on it quite a while ago now um because I was I was a bit angry <laughs> you shouldn't really write from a place of anger but I, I calmed down and composed my thoughts but um I and I know that you've had a similar experience I, I've had some negativity towards changing my diet mm -hmm. um and I don't choose to kind of like explain what I'm doing to certain people or uh, um, I'll just talk around it if they like question why I'm eating something because I feel uncomfortable and because there it is a hot topic so some people like will bring it up and I'll just like trying to avoid it but for me when I first came across like um, vegan blogs or um, I mean I don't really recall any of them were saying clean living but just that kind of thing it was a lifeline for me I think because I was it got me really excited about food again especially for someone who, oh I think I read that post that you wrote is it the is it the post that you wrote about how someone was talking really negatively negatively yeah. about someone and and just kind of wishing them ill will and you're like hey wait a second yeah so what I was saying is that being a person who's had an eating disorder and had one for 11 years back when you know when I had one I was living off a diet coke and an apple a day and understanding more about nutrition through reading these things um and also doing you know my own research and making sure I 
take it um, with a pinch of salt, like you said, um, has been so helpful for me to understand how to feed my body and how um, to get my energy levels back up and how to reduce my pain and why certain foods were giving me more pain, you know, like going back to the information that we've talked about before. So for me, it's it's really, really helped me and changed my life. And I, my point was, yes, I understand that it can be causing um eating disorders but also like let's not forget how far we've come because when I was a kid the closest thing you got to like healthy eating was like the magazines were saying oh how to live off like 800 calories a day and get a beach body like Britney through having like you can have a Kit Kat and you can have a bagel and you can have a hamburger and still do it under 800 calories that was what I you know what I mean that that's what yeah yeah well and I think you said it I think you you really summed it up nicely in the way that I think that the clean eating backlash I do think it, it might cause some issues you know for eating for being skinny or being fat but mm. I just eat to manage my pain, which yeah. is like, and I mean, I tried to be gluten-free and dairy-free and everything free before, and I failed at it every single time because I didn't identify what I was really doing it for Yes, yes. and doing it to be skinny or fat, like is, is, is not, probably not going to work, mm. um, without driving you mentally, uh, crazy or just in a very bad place. Mm. So, so yeah, so I, I I do think you're right. It's, you know, from what I've seen with this backlash, they are kind of forgetting to mention, you know, someone like you or someone like me that has their whole life has changed because we eat clean or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's, it's a tricky one. And I'm sure like all things, it will work itself out. This is still a very new industry. Um, and I think that over time, this kind of, this will settle. Um, but I was just really interested to see how, yeah, see what the response was like to what you're doing. Um, for those who don't know about um, the book and, you know, what it's about and what you do, um, do you want to give a, like a brief overview Sure. So my book is called One Part Plant. It's a cookbook. And my mission is to get everyone to eat at least one plant-based meal a day to start. And I mean, people, I have gotten some people say, well, every meal should be plant-based. It's like, yeah, okay, I get that. But like you, some people have to, one is very hard for some people. I mean, one for me was very hard before. So with the mission of one part plant, it's just, it's to help people ease into eating better for themselves. And I don't just mean, you know, like we said, to be skinny or fat, but I just Mm. think mentally, physically, just feeling stronger, being more comfortable on a day to day. And I changed my diet. Hold on, let's go by. (laughs) So yeah, so I changed to a plant-based diet because I have stage four endometriosis mm-hmm. and I was supposed to get a hysterectomy and <clears throat> a friend intervened and said, Hey, have you heard about a plant-based diet? I mean, this was almost seven years ago. So wow, I it was a, so long ago now. yeah, it was a very different time. I mean, 
you know, when we're talking about the clean eating things, like some of those people, I think were probably like 12 years old at the time or something <laughs> like, yeah. like they were, they weren't on I, Instagram wasn't really a big thing. And mm. so, uh, so yeah, so I decided to try it and I was very skeptical because in, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, well, this is so amazing. And if it's going to help me so much, why haven't my doctors told me about it? But I tried it and within weeks I felt so much better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that when you have, and, and as you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, every person with endometriosis, like, like we said, their body is different. So you can have stage four and you can have one symptom or you can have yeah. stage one and have 20 symptoms. I was definitely a stage four with all the symptoms, like every single, like when you have that list of <laughs> endo symptoms, like I was like, check, check, check. Yeah. There's not one that I don't have. So it made a huge difference for me because, you know, I went from being in the worst place ever to making these changes to, to being, you know, what was amazing to me might still knock somebody out, mm. but it, it allowed me to walk around the house and to not cry and to, to just be felt, feel like a normal person or what I'm assuming what is a normal person. So, so yeah. So with that change, it was so hard for me to change my diet. It was you know, there was definitely times that I thought getting a hysterectomy would just be easier. Right. And I debated just getting the, the surgery just because it was just, it was really that hard for me because I didn't eat healthy at all. Mm. None of my friends ate that way. I mean, weirdly, my husband did eat healthy, so it made it a little bit easier. But so, so when I started one part plant, it was really for the person that I used to be that change was very hard for that didn't want to eat healthy because when I felt like I made the change, like it kind of felt like you either had to do it all or nothing. Like you either had to be this perfect person that ate, you know, steamed broccoli and brown rice mm. or you ate pizza. Like there, it didn't, I didn't know that there was an in-between. Yeah. And yes, I probably could have gone on blogs and looked, but, um, that just, it just wasn't where I was. I didn't look at food blogs. Like that yeah. wasn't even on my radar. And there's a lot of people, I mean, there's some people that I say, oh, I have a podcast. And they say, what's a podcast? Mm. You know, and, and or there's a lot of people that aren't on social media. I mean, I think we just we live in this bubble that people we just assume that everyone accesses and gets information the same way that we do. But there's a lot of people that have never been to a blog and there's a lot of people that don't even know what a podcast is and they're not going to be listening to this. So how are they supposed to get their information? Yeah, completely. I once worked with really vulnerable young people who had old phones or their phones were always broken or stolen. Um, they didn't have access to computers. The hostels didn't often have Wi-Fi. Um, and they had so many barriers facing them that was really hard to be listened to. And I had a girl who um, I felt 
quite sure that her symptoms were pointing to endometriosis, but the everyone was saying it was psychosomatic because of other issues that she had. But then when I went to I saw that the people who were reaching out to us, and this isn't a criticism to those people at all, were um, white women who had access to the internet and um, who were old enough to uh, be a bit more resourceful than a young girl who was scared or didn't know how to talk about periods. Um, and so do you think the book is more accessible? And I know that you do some work in school, so I kind of wanted to talk about that and how those two like overlap or if they overlap. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, granted, you know, still, like, there's some people that cannot afford a book that costs $27. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, granted, yes, it is at libraries and things. Um, I did have a woman come up to me that was 54 years old, and she she was a, she's a teacher at my son's school and, um, she came up to me and she said, I read your book. And I was like, what? And she (laughs) said, um, she said, yeah, I read your book. And, and this was someone that I always thought was kind of mean or, and I, she just, she just always seemed kind of, uh, with a frown on her face. And I just thought, okay, well, she just, maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe mm. she, I don't, I don't know. She just always seemed like she was kind of in a bad mood and, and she is black actually. Cause you bring up the white woman mm. thing. And she said, uh, I have endometriosis. And then she just looked at me, makes me cry. <laughs> You're actually making me tearful. And it's not, I don't even know the full story. <laughs> and she just said, where have you been? Like, she was like, And I just like, it's like someone like her, it's like, A, it made me realize that her being in me thinking that she was in a bad mood all the time, Mm. she was in pain. Pain. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and two, her saying, where have you been? It's like, ah, it's like, I am not, I mean, okay, when I say this, I'm not, you know, downing myself, but I'm not doing enough, like me making a book that, you know, has a pink cover and pretty images inside. I think that, yes, it's touching people, but the whole reason why she found the book is because another teacher at the school that is similar to the person that we're talking about gave her the book. Right. And so, you know, would she have seen it otherwise. I don't know. She's not on Instagram. She's not, you know what I mean? Mm. She's not. So I just, I think that I need to do a better job at reaching out to people that are not on the internet and they're not on Instagram and they don't even know what a hashtag is to find an Indo diet or whatever. So I do think it's really important for people that want to help educate is to get offline and to go to schools or to do the type of work that you are doing. And, you know, it's to, to try to talk to all different types of people. Like I, I get, when I go to my book signings, I don't, yes, I love my friends and I love the people that I have met over social media. I don't, 
it's cool if they come. I'd rather see people that I've never met before in my entire life and don't even know I exist. Yeah. Like those are the people that I'd rather talk to and, and share this message with, because I think a lot of times we're just talking to the people that already know about this stuff. Yeah, I guess, I guess that, yeah, that's obviously um, a concern, but also I think you're doing so much. You're such a role model um, and such an inspiration for so many women. So also, I don't know how you could fit any more into your life right now, Jess. So like, (laughs) that is is true. I mean, that also pat yourself on the back, you know, you've just got to look out. Yeah, I mean, I am, okay, I am doing a lot, but sometimes I feel like I could be shifting that focus a little bit towards people that aren't on the internet, like we talked about. Mm. I mean, you're doing that through schools, right? You. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that the, the, a lot of the schools that I'm going to, you know, a lot of the young girls there and I'm not generalizing but I think that most young people are on social media for That's the most true. part yeah yeah you know and thing. but at the same time it's you know I think the importance of talking to young girls is that you know most women aren't die it takes an average of 10 years for a woman to be diagnosed so what if a high school student knew the symptoms mm. When she was 16 or 17 years old, like how amazing that would be to know the symptoms. And then maybe her, maybe she is not 10 years until she gets diagnosed. Maybe it's two because she can go to her gynecologist and say, hey, I heard about these symptoms. These are symptoms I have. Mm. And it just could change like the course of her entire life. Yeah. You know, because she knows how to manage it more. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think it's obviously important, but I just, I want to say, I do think you're doing low, so definitely don't take that as a, as a criticism. It was just something that I was always curious about when I was working. I just really wanted to hear your, yeah, I mean, I, this is like, it's something that really is obviously clearly it's upsetting to me and and it's not just, and it's not just with endo too. It's, it's with eating better. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm constantly doing stuff on social media and sometimes I'm like, oh, like how can I do this offline? So, yeah. Going back to your, going back to the book and you're on tour at the moment still? Yes. Yes. And your tour Uh, is slightly different, isn't it? From the normal one person tour. Well, yeah, I, I just, I felt like I don't know, maybe it would seem interesting to other people, but for me, if I'm going to go to an event, it doesn't seem that exciting to just walk up to a table and have someone sign my book. So (laughs) I've been trying to do things that are a little bit different, like doing panel discussions or having Mm. a taco party or just doing things. And then in addition to that, I have a lot of my peers that are also my friends that are coming out or have come out with very similar books to mine. And they have, they don't have anything to do with Indo, but they are plant-based cookbooks. And so I just really thought a lot about that and thought instead of us competing for events and competing for attention, like, why don't we just 
join forces instead and do events together. So pretty much in almost every city, I'm being joined by someone that is also a plant-based author that has a cookbook coming out. That's amazing. I love that. I bet the energy is so different as well, rather than it all just being like based on you and you've got to kind of be the life of the party. You're bouncing off, you know, with one or two other people. Yeah. And again, it, it goes back to that. I love for people to show up at things that have never heard of me before mm. because, yeah. you know, I get access to all of my, uh, you know, fellow cookbook authors, people, and they get access to my people. And so it's just, it's like a whole new group of people that I get to meet. And again, like going back to the endo thing, it's an opportunity for, someone that may might have otherwise not heard of endometriosis to learn about it too. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Listen, anytime that I get an opportunity <laughs> to be in a room with women, I somehow manage to fit in symptoms of endometriosis. I just, I just like throw them out there. Yeah. It comes up into conversation quite a lot. Like I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes, but it's worth it, right? You have to like keep pushing. You it. have to, and yeah, and it's and it's not even doing it, and and I can tell that you're not doing it in an obnoxious way, but yeah. it's literally just sort of, you know, slipping in symptoms, mm-hmm. like just saying, hey, yeah, the symptoms are crazy, this, this, and this, and then I'll change the topic, but just like, okay, I'm just planting a little seed in your mind because even if she might not have it, her mom could still have it. Yeah. Or, you know, her sister or her friend. I mean, you don't know how many times that has happened and someone will say, oh, my gosh, that sounds like what my friend's experiencing. Mm. Or, you know, I've had people come up to me after the fact and say, my sister has endometriosis. And I had never even heard of that word until you and I told her about it. And now she's diagnosed. So it's just important to talk about it. Yeah. Such a ripple effect. Yeah. And with the tour, how like physically, I mean, I know that um, when we've talked before, you said that you kind of forget that you have endo in terms of Mm -hmm. your symptoms. Um, But I'm just curious to find out how you feel on tour. Like I know that this time is really busy for you. So how are you kind of keeping well? Do you, I mean, do you need to? I find that I get exhausted really quickly. And I was just wondering how you're dealing with such an intense um, timetable at the moment? Well, it's funny. (laughs) I'm sort of, uh, I think that I have slipped a little in terms of self-care. And the weird thing is, well, it's not a weird thing. It's actually a great thing. I don't slip at all when it comes to my diet because it's just to me, it's that important. And to me, I can notice such a different that it's difference that it's like not a negotiable thing for me. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay. So I'm going to this city. Let me do some research ahead of time. See where I'm going to be eating, make sure that they have an option for me. Like it's, yeah, that's one thing that I do not mess around with is that The one thing that I have been messing around with that I have suffered some consequences of is not exercising and it's been bad for me (laughs) and and not, 
Yeah. And, and not in terms as much of my endo pain, mm. but in terms of my mental well being. And, you know, I'll just tell you this because you, you, you know, the first thing that you asked me when, before we started recording is you asked me how I was feeling and I had told you I'd gone to the doctor yeah. and it's because I woke up yesterday with my eye was like sort of like a little bit like half shut mm. and I had this insane head pain, like head pain I've never felt before. And so I went wow. to the doctor and she was looking at it and she said, have you been burning the candle at both ends or been under stress? And I just started crying because oh, I'm like, because I'm like, how did you know? She's like, because these are very clear signs of someone that is wow it's incredible isn't it is doing too much and and she said do you work out and I said I do but I haven't been I I I haven't been consistent and 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 I and I know that about myself but it's just so easy when you're traveling to sort of let that slide so the first thing I did when I got home from that doctor's appointment, it was really hard and it sucked, but I put on a YouTube Pilates video (laughs) in my apartment and I did that. And, uh, this morning, the first thing I did when I woke up is I worked out and it was not easy to get there. It's when you take a month off, it's not easy to get back into your groove, but, but when you have that moment, when, you are having physical manifestations of not working out. You're like, you need to get back into that because I know what it's like if I don't and I can't, it'll just progressively get worse. And then I do think my endo symptoms will be back. Yeah. Cause I remember you saying that stress is a major trigger for you. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stress is like a huge trigger for my endo and I think that food is one part of that and exercise is the other part and they really have to go hand in hand, but it's Mm. so much easier to not exercise than to eat. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And I think, I think for me, you know, the diet thing, I, I still, I think I still have quite a long way to go with the diet, to be honest, because like my kryptonite is coffee and, um, I still haven't yet been able to completely give it up um but I I know about it if I have it um but with exercise I still think it's kind of easy to associate it with like getting into shape and like getting the figure that you want and I think that my brain is having um it's having a job changing that like realizing that actually I feel really good mentally when I do this and I feel like more alive and I have better energy and I feel more capable of tackling like the day ahead in a positive way um rather than you know my body think like my mind thinking it's a punishment to get into shape Um, for sure I mean my like exercise is my antidepressant like it's a hundred percent the only reason like probably why I don't take antidepressants is because it's like, it keeps my mind sharp. Yeah. That's and, and when you, when you think about it too, 
I think so many women that suffer from depression, from endometriosis, and I was one of them, it's because I, I couldn't physically work yeah. out. Yeah, you can barely you know, get to work. Yeah, exactly. And so I could barely make it out of bed. So there's exercise is absolutely out of the question, mm. which only fed into my depression. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really bad cycle. And I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, I always feel like I'm a very curvy woman. And so, you know, I, I've, I've seen pictures of you, you're thin. And so if I was super thin, I would definitely have a hard time <laughs> with the battle in my mind thinking I need to exercise <laughs> because I'm like, I'm already thin. I don't have to. <laughs> I think, you know, it's such an interesting, um, coming from a past where everyone knew quite clearly that I had an eating disorder. So as soon as I try to eat well or exercise, it's like, oh, you're sick again. Or, oh, yeah. Gosh. Or I'll get like, it sounds a bit weird, but this is definitely to do with me as well. Like I made the joke about how I ate when I was younger. And so I still have people who carry that joke on and they're like, oh, you know, Jess, it's Jessie in a lettuce leaf again, just like, you know, being a size zero and not really taking. So, and so that that's quite a challenge because. Yes, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and I think that also opens up, um, opens up a gateway for me to kind of get scrutinized for what I'm doing and to be kind of maybe um, open to criticism, you know. Well, yeah. And I'd have to imagine too, that because if you're doing more of an endo diet, which is, it does, I hate the word restrict, but it does restrict dairy and sugar. I could see that people could say that you're just basically feeding your disorder. Yeah. So it has, it hasn't happened like, um, in such a black and white way, but there's definitely been like various remarks from snide remarks to like real concern like oh my god you've like you've lost so much weight but you know when you are restricting when you have a restricted diet you tend to lose weight so um it can it can be difficult in a different way um but not not in an unmanageable way but it's it's interesting the kind of things that it's thrown up in my path yeah Um, for sure will you just hang on one second yeah of course just one second Okay, I just had to plug in my computer. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, so I'm conscious that um, we need to wrap up soon. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just kind of wanted to ask a few more questions yeah, about sure. the book. Um, so your book has got like so many amazing recipes in it. Um, and I told you the other day that I made your nut butter tart, which like ser- oh. <laughs> seriously, Jess, it was the best thing I've ever made from a cookbook. Like, oh, yay. honestly, like me and my boyfriend just couldn't like get over it. And it was so simple. Like everything worked. Whereas I feel like a lot of cookbooks, like it doesn't come out like the right, like the dough doesn't come out how they say the dough is going to come out right, or something. But right. everything just works. So Which was a huge worry of mine. So I'm glad it no, turned it, out. It really works. So it's amazing. Um, and I was saying that, you know, like, um, I have to be careful because sugar does irritate my symptoms. And I was wondering if everything in your book, is that everything that you can eat or is it a little bit more inclusive? Because I know you said that 
chickpeas like b- make you bloat quite badly I remember this in one of your podcasts I think yeah I and I think that in there I think there's only one recipe that includes chickpeas and that recipe was from a chef and I do use chickpea flour which I'm okay with oh that's good but yeah and you know I will say that you know like in terms of some of the desserts like my chocolate chip cookies, which I love so much. I have to, I mean, I can't eat a lot of those without kind of having uh, some stomach issues. So again, like I think that this book is a stepping stone to also kind of figuring out what works for you. So for instance, you know, with the, with the tart, I told you that you know, I, when you told me you were making it, I told you, you know, it's not super sweet just as a heads up. Mm. And so, you know, when someone tries that, they're like, oh, well, maybe I'll add sweetener next time. Or with the cookies, it's like, well, you know what? I dare, there's no dairy in these and there's no egg in these and there's no gluten in these, but I still kind of have a little bit of a stomach ache. Maybe it's the maple syrup. Mm. So I think that, I think as a baseline, I think that all of these recipes for the most part are, are a a step up from maybe a traditional, like the lasagna, for instance, the fact that it's dairy free and gluten free, I think can help people, but there's some people that are still sensitive to tomatoes. So I think that it's a good baseline for people to start with. Yeah, completely. Are there any, I mean, I know we're saying everyone's different, but are there any, favorites that you recommend like an endosis to try that you kind of feel have like less triggers in it I mean yeah um let me think I mean I I think that I well some people are sensitive to tomatoes because I was gonna say the Jerusalem salad I love a lot because I Mm. love the tahini in there I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I mean, I know that some people are sensitive to nuts, but I think the pistachio squares, I really like a lot. I really want to try them. Yeah, those are, those are good. And, and, but again, like some people are sensitive to oats too. So Mm. again, I think it's just, um, I'm trying to think of ones. Well, I think the amaranth porridge, which is just coconut milk and amaranth. I think that that is one that's pretty safe. Um, I think the smoothies, you know, are pretty safe. I mean, again, there's some people that are sensitive to bananas. I mean, I can I can find something that everyone is sensitive to. <laughs> so it's true. I think, it's all trial and error, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely think it's it's very trial and error. And the lasagna has been one of the most popular recipes that people have shared on social media. And people have sent me emails saying like, this is something I felt like I could share with my family that they didn't feel like it was part of my weird diet. You know, I think that it was one, it's, it's a dish that a lot of people will bring to family gatherings Mm. and that everyone can enjoy as opposed to something that seems super healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's amazing. And just a quick one out of Basically, yeah. curiosity. Um, I know you said you're looking to start the anti-inflammatory an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, yeah. So, to reduce inflammation, is that like in terms of like? I mean, for me, inflammation kind of is like joint pain, and it you know it causes more pain. Um, yeah, I don't have. 
I'm lucky that I don't have any joint pain. My inflammation is a big freaking stomach. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like, because I had a, I had a surgery to get some of my sister moved and they cut me from hip to hip. And so they essentially gave me a C-section. Right. And so I have like some uh, kind of like a hanging belly. And then when you put inflammation on top of that, Mm. it makes it even bigger. So it's, it's really hard for me to buy clothes. And I'll notice that if I eat certain foods, I wake up in the morning and my toes and fingers are pretty inflamed. So, and you know, here's the thing, like I, so the book that I'm trying is this book called the plant paradox and it's, and it's the base of it is why healthy foods still make us feel bad. And so it's just kind of figuring out what your triggers are. And I have found that brown rice is one of my triggers, unfortunately, even though I love it so much. Yeah. And so, you know, and I do think that tomatoes are sometimes a trigger for me. And so will I never eat those again? No, I'm mm. still going to have them every now and then. Because when you already take out everything else. Yeah, you're getting very like, limited. Yeah. I want a damn tomato. Um, but it's, I, I'm just interested in seeing how much, you know, I'm already managing my pain. Mm. The one thing that's left for my endometriosis is really the inflammation. And because I am so sensitive to food, I'm curious what foods are still affecting it. So this book is sort of a guide to do that. Okay. Well, yeah, good luck with that. I really hope that helps. And I'm interested to hear how you get on with it because I like, I look six months pregnant a lot of the time. So yeah. 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 And it's, it's something that feels, I, I go back and forth with it because there's on one hand, I think, okay, if this is your only symptom that's left, like maybe just deal with it. Like you're not in bed, you're not in pain. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm like, I've come this far. Like I want to be able to button my jeans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I completely know what you're saying. Thank you so much for today. I literally have, I have so much more to ask you. So I just hope I like come to America and meet you one day. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely think that will happen. Yeah. I have lots of lots of questions um but thank you so much and thank you. I wish you the best of luck with the tour and I'm looking forward to seeing one pot plant being a bestseller in the UK thank you so much thank you bye so that's it thank you so much for listening I really hope you enjoyed that interview um if you want to know more about Jess you can go over to her website jessicamanan.com her book can be bought um online on Amazon or anywhere you can buy books basically. Um, And if you liked this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. And it would help others find the podcast. If you want to find out more about what I do, you can go over to thisendolife.com. I'm also on Instagram at this underscore endolife. I'm on Twitter. um, And that is this underscore endolife with a capital T, capital E and a capital L. And I'm also on Facebook, though I don't do much on there, to be honest. Um, And that's thisendolife.com. So come and say hi. I'd love to speak to you. And I look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Bye.